Welcome to another edition of Alternative News brought to you by Romina Betsin from the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament produced at the community radio station 3CR. In today's program, we will hear Nick Dean, who is a dedicated peace activist from Marikville Peace Group and New South Wales representative on Independent and Peaceful Australia Network, IPAN's national body. Nick was invited to speak at a Zoom event organised by Dr Hannah Middleton and Dennis Doherty on US Marines in Darwin. Nick has been active in a campaign to stop the annual stationing of US Marines in Darwin. Nick speaks about what are the strategic advantages to Australia from the presence of the US and who actually benefits from this arrangement. Certainly the strategic benefits to the US are large, but where is the benefit to Australia? Here is Nick. I've been asked to speak about the presence of the US Marines in Darwin, and that certainly is a matter on which I do hold strong views. But I'd like to start with some of my own background, and that might help explain why I feel so strongly about the Marine Rotational Force Darwin, or MRFD, I studied sociology, a discipline that requires one to apply rational thoughts to social matters. And for me, it brought about a complete change in the way I look at the world, plus considerable introspection. Now, I'd been to a private school before I went to university, and I'd been active in the school cadets. I'd won a flying scholarship with the RAF, and through that I'd gained a pilot's license at the age of 17. So when I got to uni, I joined the Air Force Squadron so that I could uh, maintain my license to fly. But by this time, as I say, I was also encountering colleagues like the president of our union who had strong rational arguments against the war that was going on in Vietnam at the time and against the Cold War that was also raging. And I was becoming convinced that there was no rational justification for either of these wars. And it dawned on me that through my involvement with the Air Force Squadron, As a full-time reservist, I was likely to be called up if the Cold War got much hotter. And also at about this time, I watched a movie, The War Game by Peter Watkins, which some of you may know, and that dwelt on the social consequences of nuclear war in the event of attack on the UK. It was a sort of dramatised documentary style. And that movie convinced me of the pointlessness and stupidity of war in general and nuclear warfare in particular. So as my first act of uh, defiance, my first activist act, if you like, I immediately quit the Air Force Squadron. And from that time forward, one of my main interests has been in all things anti-war. Now, I arrived in Sydney in 1970 in time to join the protests against the Vietnam War. And following the, the USA's ignominious defeat in Vietnam, I felt for a long time that the military industrial complex had been put in its place. How very wrong I was. But fast forward to 2001 and 9-11, because when Afghanistan was invaded, I remember complaining to a friend of mine that the USA and Australia seemed to have learned nothing from the experience in Vietnam. I still hold that view. And then not much later, as if to prove me right, we began to hear rumors that Iraq was going to be the next target. And it was that, the the threatened invasion of Iraq, that got me back onto the streets in protest. Now, all of us on the streets 
in late 2002 and early 2003 could foresee the debacle that Iraq became. I'm sure I don't need to remind any of us what happened in 2003. But just in passing, I would like to remind you of how easy it is to remember the actual infamous day on which news of the invasion reached us. It was March the 20th, 2003, which is alternatively written as 2003-2003. Very easy to remember. And we should remember it as long as we can. It was an appalling, an appalling thing to do, the invasion of Iraq. Now, we who protested suspected all along that the world had been lied to about weapons of mass destruction. And it wasn't long again before we were proved correct. For what we were in fact witnessing was the old military industrial complex once again, simply looking for more grist for its grisly mill. But it seems to me that when your country's taken into a pointless, disastrous and costly war like the Iraq war, on the basis of lies, told to you by your supposed friend and ally, that is something you should commit to memory and take into account in any further interaction. Australia was taken into war because it chose to believe the lies that were peddled by the USA. The nation was duped and we soon knew it. But for my money, that meant that every subsequent should have been treated with circumspection at least, if not with a high level of suspicion. We're not going to let you do that to us again. Should have been a guiding principle. Trust should have been severely compromised. But what happened? Well, you know what's coming next. With no debate in our federal parliament, no discussion in our media, with only a few days forewarning, President Barack Obama and our PM at the time, Julia Gillard, on November the 16th, 2011, jointly announced in the Australian Parliament that there were to be US Marines stationed in Darwin. It's quite ironic, but one reference to the, the possibility this might happen was published on November the 11th, Remembrance Day, November the 11th, 2011. That was the first whisper we got that there might be US Marines stationed in Darwin. I found it hard to believe. How could we suck up to the USA again so soon after the Iraq experience? For me, it was taking matters one step too far. I don't claim to be a military expert, but a background in sociology tells me one thing that's significant, and it's this. One of the ways that a government, any government, maintains its legitimacy as a government is that it claims and maintains a monopoly on all the violence that takes place within its borders. Any violent act, other than those committed by the government or its agents, is, in normal situations, criminal by definition. The state assumes full control of all the violence that takes place and accordingly full control of all the armed forces within its borders. And this means that there are very few situations in which any nation allows the forces of another country to occupy any of its territory. Because as soon as there is the presence of foreign forces, the government has lost its monopoly and its claim to full sovereignty has been compromised. There are a few situations in which the presence of foreign forces can occur. 
at one extreme, one country has been overtaken by another. For example, when Allied forces occupied Germany following World War II, where interestingly, forces have long since departed, but US forces remain. The general rule is that foreign armed forces are not permitted on the sovereign territory of any self-respecting nation. And the reason for this is clear, is because those forces are not under the command of the host government, because they take their orders from the foreign power. So their presence forms a weakness in the nation's defensive cordon, a weak link in the chain. For there's always a possibility that such foreign forces can do something that the host nation does not approve of, and that the government of the host has therefore lost its precious monopoly on violence. And this is precisely the situation that prevails with the US Marines in Darwin. I believe it is quite possible for them to engage in action or activity that is in the USA's interests that is not in Australia's. Canberra has no control over the US Marines in Darwin. The Marine Corps chain of command originates in Washington DC, USA. And I think it is now within the realms of possibility that the USA might, for example, want to take action against China's fortified islands in the South China Sea, and that they might take such action whether Australia were to support it or not, and that the Marine Station in Darwin might form part in such an action. This is all hypothetical, of course, and I'm not predicting this scenario. I'm simply saying that it is not beyond the realms of possibility. Mm -hmm. And that being the case, Australia is taking a completely unnecessary risk by allowing the Marines to be stationed here. The Darwin contingent, or the Darwin garrison, as I like to call it, is here for a protracted period every year, for an agreed period of at least 25 years, taking us up to 2040. This is not a short-term arrangement. This is ongoing presence for which a small part of our nation is being routinely occupied by foreign troops. Next, we should consider how the presence of the US Marines in Darwin might be viewed from China's perspective. The growing enmity between the USA and China is out in the open, and there should be little doubt that China regards the USA as a threatening entity. One only has to look at a map with the US bases highlighted to see that they almost ring China. When Obama came to Australia to announce the arrival of the Marines, it was also to announce the USA's pivot to the Asia Pacific region. That was in 2011. And news that the islands in the South China Sea were being militarized by China came through in 2013. And I put it to you, which current leaders complain about so loudly, was a legitimate defensive response to Obama's announcement. And the point to be made here is that by entertaining the Marines, Australia has made it abundantly clear to any observer, especially one with a Chinese perspective, that Australia is an integral part of the aggressive moves being made by the USA as it tries to contain China's ascendance. Through allowing the MRFD to be here, we have announced our willingness to confront China militarily. We've opened up the possibility 
that China might become our actual enemy. This is entirely unnecessary, very stupid, and utterly detrimental to the national interest. Australia need have no enemies whatever. No nation is a threat to Australia, just as Australia is no threat to any other nation. The grim scenario of a war between the US and China is a possibility that comes a fraction closer every time one of the leaders of the USA or Australia has anything to say on the subject. And in the horrifying scenarios of actual hostilities, Darwin could find itself once again the target of attack. Anyone who feels reassured by the presence of the means, who thinks they're here to help protect us, should think again. For their presence makes us less, not more, safe. There's another aspect I want to mention. The fact that we've allowed the US Marines to stay in Australia in some way gives the message that as a nation, we don't quite believe in our own ability to look after ourselves. So I, I need to introduce an element of patriotism into what I have to say. I firmly believe that we Australians can and should stand up and look after ourselves. We like to think of Australia as an independent nation and we should put that thought into action, assert our independence, take full responsibility for our own defence. However, the current situation is entirely contrary to that. As things stand, we're so enmeshed within the alliance with the USA that we can hardly do anything militarily without the USA's approval. Perhaps the most important aspect of the MRFD is that it is symbolic of Australia's entanglement in the great network of the USA's military empire. In itself, the US Marine contingent in Darwin is of no great strategic weight, but its symbolic weight is very large. Australia has been too trusting of our duplicitous and dangerous ally, the USA. We've sent the wrong message to China, who might now become an enemy. We've placed ourselves in danger when we need not do so. Time to escape this entanglement we find ourselves in. And for my money, there's no better place to start this process than with the Marine Corps in Darwin, which is why my colleagues and I want to show them the door. We say, US Marines out of Darwin, terminate the forced posture agreement under which they are here year after year, or to express it less politely, we say, let's give them the boot. Thank you. I'd like to thank Nick for allowing us to use his contribution for alternative news. Thank you for listening. I'm Romina Betson. Looking forward to your company again next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.